0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining. <laughs> I you forgot for a second. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, no. But I am getting forgetful in my old age, it seems. But I didn't forget the name of the show. I did, however, forget how much I enjoyed playing The Division last night. Wouldn't you help remind me how much I enjoyed playing The Division last night? Oh, wait, that's right. You haven't played it yet. Uh, that's not true. I've
1: played a few hours of it just in the the beta testing phases. I haven't had enough time to, to sit down and, and play the full version yet, but I've played a little bit.
0: Good lord. So, that's just a little teaser about what we'll be talking about after we talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. And what we're going to do is discuss a few minutes, spoiler free, of 10 Cloverfield Lane because... I, Alex and I both agree this is a movie that you owe it to yourself even if you didn't see the first Cloverfield go check this out and in the theater is a good place to see it so we're gonna go right into our discussion with 10 Cloverfield Lane then we'll end up with what we've been entertained by and like I said the first few minutes we'll do spoiler free discussion so if you haven't seen the movie you can stick around and then if we say hey this is a cool movie and you agree continue on uh or hit pause go see the movie then come back we'll talk about what we thought of the movie itself with some spoilers the rest of you if it doesn't sound like a movie that you want to watch go ahead and keep listening see if we convince you to go watch it anyway or you just want to get the division talk that'll be in the second half of the of the show so alex let's get right into 10 cloverfield lane what did you think Oh, wait, no, sorry. Spoiler-free, what did you think? <laughs> Spoiler-free, what did I think? I think
1: I think I didn't have a good understanding of what I was going to see
0: going so, in. So, un- this is a great example of how a movie should release, Absolutely. in my opinion. So, Absolutely. you get the trailer, it drops, what was it, maybe two months ago, three months at most? Yeah. It was only a couple weeks. It was this year, I believe, it dropped. Yeah, I
1: think it was like early February when we actually found out that this movie was happening.
0: Yeah. Leading into that, the the trailer comes out. You get a sense of what the movie will be like, mm-hmm. which I love this trailer for this movie, now seeing the movie, because yeah. we'll, we'll say that for the spoiler section. But the trailer was well done for this movie. Excellently uh, accomplished what it was supposed to do. Set the tone. And you could really tell that it was going to be these three characters, right? Mm-hmm. And I just have to say off the bat, John Goodman... Man. Yeah. What an actor. That dude can act. He's so good. Like, even just the way he talks, the way he says, it's just. Everything. I didn't realize how much I liked John Goodman, honestly, until watching this again, thinking back about his roles that I've enjoyed in the past. He is a phenomenal actor. And he just has such a range with him, too. The way. Because there are some lines that he delivered in the movie. Where he's clearly acting one way, says a line, and still gets a chuckle from the audience. Yep.
1: It was just really good. Absolutely. It, it was... I was a little apprehensive about seeing him in this type of a role. Because mm-hmm. I can't remember a time that I've ever seen him do something like this. But, I mean, he just played it masterfully. Yeah. For the role... I'm not, we're not going to spoil anything yet, but right. for the role that he was supposed to play mm-hmm. in the movie... It was perfect. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, when the story only revolves basically around three characters... They They have to be They have to be an amazing acting cast. And each actor was in this
0: movie. So, I didn't... You knew who the the female lead was in this movie. I didn't know who that was.
1: I'd seen her before. I think it was in Final Destination, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, You know, it's just a standard role in a horror movie. She did all right. Um, but I think she did really well in this movie too. Okay. Um, and the she other- She did,
0: I, I agree. She did a good job with her acting. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I don't know who he is at all.
1: I don't either. Uh, John Gallagher Jr., but he, um, he was funny.
0: Yeah. But, so, in the credits, and you you knew this leading in, there was another actor. <laughs> what 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 was his role? Bradley Cooper? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's, he was, at, at, at the very beginning, uh, still, spoiler free, right? Oh, he was the voice of Ben. He was the voice of Ben. Okay. So, at the very beginning, we see Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's, she's leaving her... You know, fiance or, or husband or whatever it is, you see a ring, so you know that they're you know to that point in their relationship. She leaves him. She's driving away, and he's calling her. We hear his voice okay. on the phone. Catch gotcha. somehow. Bradley Cooper managed to sneak his way into this. That is movie. such a cameo and right it's there. Very weird, and it didn't really sound like him too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you knew that it was him, you wouldn't have yeah. been able to pick up on it.
0: Yeah, it didn't even click to me until I saw yeah. the credits, and I was like, because I counted, there were I think seven actors credited in this movie yeah that's it so like one two three four five six seven there it is short short credit list
1: and there's something to be said for the way that this movie was just put together and released um you know i can't say enough about it and that's why we wanted to talk about this spoiler free because not too many movies come out like this anymore with social media trailers behind the scenes all these leaks you pretty much know what a movie's going to be like before you see it
0: I mean, case in point, the Superman-Batman movie coming out, you know the whole movie from the trailer.
1: I do, and I think I've seen enough to where I could probably sit here and review the movie without (laughs) actually seeing it. You know what I mean? Uh I could probably read enough online about it. I had no idea what to expect going into this movie. Uh I had things that I thought should happen or wanted to see happen. Would you
0: call this a sequel to Cloverfield? No. I wouldn't either.
1: I think... JJ Abrams said it perfectly that it's a blood relative right Mm -hmm. because it is within the same
0: universe. At least we think it is.
1: We we would have to assume that it's within the same universe. I would hope it
0: is with the Cloverfield name.
1: Yeah. Um, So if it's in the same universe then the events that happened in New York happened in this one as well or are going to happen or haven't yet happened. Not gonna spoil anything right. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to see the first one to appreciate
0: I agree. this one. I agree. But I do recommend the first one, obviously. But oh, both yeah,
1: did. absolutely.
0: But it, it's not essential viewing, like going in to see, you know, the next Mission Impossible movie right, or yeah. something like that.
1: Nothing like that. I mean, and the first one is a found footage movie. This one is is not. It's right. just it's standard. proper. Yep, yeah. standard film movie. Um, it was filmed really well. I mean, the music, the sound effects, the way that it was shot, the, it, just everything about this movie. The ambience
0: just and everything was really
1: perfect. Cool. And I can't say enough, anybody that you know, has seen the trailer or thinking about going to see it but it's kind of on the fence, don't be dissuaded about the fact that it's just three people down in a bunker. Mm-hmm. It is so entertaining, it's unbelievable.
0: Now I do have to say, spoiler free still, that there were parts in this movie towards the beginning mm-hmm. that I felt like checking my watch and i really didn't find myself enjoying what i saw on the screen okay spoiler free because that that was just in the first few minutes of the movie uh maybe in the first 30 minutes mm-hmm. there were just times where i felt like there was a lull right mm-hmm. but continuing past that it got more yeah you got more invested in the characters and really want to know what was going on with the story you have to going into this movie you have to understand that there's a lot of dialogue Yes. There's a lot of discussion between these three main characters. Mm -hmm. and Character development, for sure. Right. It's character development. It's the writing is important. Listening to everything that you hear is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So go into it with those expectations that you need to listen. Not just see what's on the screen, but also listen to... The radio the or, or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: And just as the first Cloverfield was following someone's point of view, some someone's just immediate, you know, what happened when this happened? You know, what happened to me and the group that I was with when this happened? It's not as literal as it being point of view mm-hmm. like Cloverfield, but it's just following a different group of people. Mm-hmm. What happened to them when Cloverfield happened? You know, So look at it that way. And don't look at it as, this is going to be a continuation. I'm going to find out a bunch more answers about what happened in Cloverfield 1. It's not going to happen.
0: Right. I I don't want to say that you will go into this movie and come out with answers, but you may or may not. It just depends. I got some. Did you? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And not concrete answers, but enough Still,
1: that I can infer
0: right. what they're going for. Just like the first Cloverfield. Absolutely. Or just like Cloverfield, I should say. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yep, absolutely.
0: Are you ready to transition into some spoiler talk? Yeah,
1: we have to. I can't keep it in any longer.
0: Okay. <laughs> so for about the next 10 minutes, we're going to talk spoilers on Cloverfield, and then we'll get into the what we've been entertained by with The Division and whatever Alex has uh, been entertained by. I, I don't know. What Zootopia? What Zootopia. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so now we're going to go and segue into spoilers. Again, I we both recommend seeing this movie as spoiler-free as you can. Just yes. go in there with whatever expectations you have. And see it. Come back, let's talk about spoilers what happened. So at that being said, final warning spoiler for Cloverfield Lane, ten Cloverfield Lane, here on out. Alex. What'd you think?
1: I loved it. <laughs> I loved I wasn't sure about it. Mm-hmm. It was a good movie. It was a good suspenseful movie, right?
0: So here's here's what I thought was gonna happen going into this movie. Nothing. Exactly. Yep. I thought it was going to be, she gets abducted. Yep. And he's lying about this whole thing to keep mm-hmm. them captive. And, but then I wasn't sure when the woman showed up at the door banging her head against the window. She obviously had something
1: wrong with her on her face. Right. Some kind of abrasion or.
0: That's when know. I was like, okay, is what he's saying true?
1: Yes. And, and And then I was with a couple people when we were watching this, right? And. When she escaped from the bunker and she gets out, they were just freaking out. They're like, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And, you know, even I, my sister is one of those people. She turned to me. She's like, it's the chemical stuff that, you know, John Goodman had down in the bunker. That's what was on the lady's face.
0: Well, yeah, because then it was like, because when you, when you saw his mm-hmm. face, it was kind of doing the same kind of deformity. Absolutely.
1: And they wanted, they just misled you all these different ways throughout the movie. Like, I didn't buy for a second towards the beginning of the movie when she remembered seeing him try to pass her on the road mm-hmm. and run her off the road too obvious too easy i didn't buy that for a second it was definitely more complex than that and
0: well when when they brought up the whole storyline of Megan and then revealed that no that wasn't Megan that was a girl that went missing right then it was like what is actually happening what so john goodman's character right mm-hmm. at first we think he's uh, a captor, a, a a kidnapper, right? Right. Then we kind of understand that he's a doomsday prepper and he firmly believes whatever's happening is happening. Very paranoid. But then you see that there, he has a dark past. He has to have had a dark past with this Megan character mm-hmm. that she was captive for sure. But... It doesn't defray the fact that he didn't lie at all.
1: No, he's delusional. He's yeah. psychotic. He is. Yeah. But in his own, in his own paranoid way, he probably believes that what he's doing is right. He's trying to save, most notably himself. Mm-hmm. But he's trying to also preserve you know, people on the on the world on the, on the you know Earth in mm-hmm. the country. And
0: I thought that was odd though that he let in the other guy a little bit. I mean, I, I I guess I can see that he wanted to go ahead and save him too, but it was a little odd from the story that we heard from what was his name? What was the Emmett? other Emmett. Emmett. Yeah. When we heard his, I, he was closing the door with you, and I, I had to like bang in to let him in. I'm surprised that he opened the door to let no, him in. No, he
1: didn't. He didn't bang to let him in. Uh, we can infer that the arm that he had hurt was when John Goodman was closing the door to, to get down. In. He got his arm in there. And he couldn't close the door, so he probably banged to try to close the door in an attempt to, you know, and then he just let him in and closed the door. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how he got in. That makes a little bit more sense, I think. But I'm so glad that when she got up there, she got out of the bunker. She's looking around. They make it seem like everything's fine.
0: Well, no, at first, when she got out of the bunker and was looking around, like, it looked like it was just nothing. Like, there was no birds at first. Correct. There was nothing that was, there was no life, there were no people walking around, there were no planes in the sky, but then she rips that suit that she made open, and then you're freaking out because you're like, well, what's happening? You don't then, know, yeah, and yeah. then she, you know, pulls it and uses duct tape to to make the whole thing closed up, and then I think she sees like the ducks flying by or something. Yeah,
1: and 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 you got to think to yourself, if they're flying
0: by, you know, there's nothing chemical. Yeah, because the the pigs died.
1: Well, or what did they're, the they're, pigs they're, die from? Yeah, I mean, how so did the, they? The
0: pigs were dead, and then the person, like, she had the deformity when she saw her before.
1: Yeah, and there's probably a logical explanation as to
0: why they look like that and why. We how much really... time do you think passed in this whole scenario? It doesn't make several that clear. Months. It had to have been because his he got a scar early on, yep. and it was thick, and she had to put stitches in yep. it. But by the end, it was just like a little mark.
1: I would estimate that it was several months from the time that we're with the main characters to the you know time that everything goes down. A couple months.
0: I think so. For sure. Okay.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of character development that would happen over the course of time. The cut's a really good way to measure that, I think, on his head. But I'm so glad that when she got up, she looked over that cornfield and she saw that looked like just a, a hovering aircraft, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody that was what they were like, no, it's just some kind of military craft. It's completely legit. She's, you're just overthinking it. No, no. this it's, It wouldn't have the Cloverfield name. It wouldn't be a blood relative if that wasn't something. Mm -hmm. And then it turns around and you see some kind of tentacle Mm -hmm. come out from under it and drop something. I love it. I love it. And you just, uh, my eyes were just glued to the screen the last 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of the movie. But my favorite part about This whole telling of the story is that for the first, you know, let's say hour of the movie, it's just really good suspense, Mm -hmm. really good misdirection, really good acting, just leading you all over the place. You don't know what to think, just like Cloverfield, the first Mm -hmm. one, right? And then what I inferred from the ending, and I I don't know if you did this the same way, is that the incident in New York was not a one-off. And, and maybe we can infer that from the end of Cloverfield when we see the monster drop in about a month, I think, before the attack
0: Right, happened. on Ferris wheel at the end of the movie.
1: This was a coordinated attack, not just on New York.
0: So the timeline, we still don't know for sure when the New York event happened, right? It
1: would have, it would have had to have been concurrent with when they all got in the bunker.
0: It could be, or it could have happened before, 15 years earlier, whenever Cloverfield came out. Or... Whatever year that was when the Cloverfield came out.
1: Well, see, it, I don't know what to think. Like,
0: that could have been, like, a precursor to the invasion. It
1: could be. But if you look, like, see, the things that I look for are the type of phone that she used. It well, shows she had an iPhone. the technology. IPhone, right. It was very updated. Well, actually.
0: and then there was a, a 715 sticker in her car, too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And in Cloverfield, I think it had the dates on there. When it had a found footage area, but I'm not sure what year it was. So this this could either be
1: one of two things. It's either the events in New York happened, everything happened at the same time, and it was coordinated attack. Or the event in New York was the same timeline as to when this movie came out. It was like seven years ago or something like that, a couple years ago or whatever. Monster hit New York, maybe a couple other major cities. It's like John Goodman, if you if you listen to some of the lines, he's mm-hmm. like...
0: You hit the population center. Yeah, you
1: hit the population centers. And, I mean, as crazy as he is, he's a doomsday prepper, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably some logic to what he's saying. So maybe we're at the point right now where after they hit, they've hit, they hit the major centers, they're sending in, like John Goodman said, those sweep teams to try to find any remaining life and just wipe them out.
0: Mm-hmm. And you saw, like, how they released the gas that caused the the people to die obviously right so it was it was a good movie very good movie i'm really
1: i'm really glad that they're going the direction that they are because this sets up a perfect cloverfield 2 sequel which is what we wanted what we had talked about last week when we were talking about cloverfield about not being found footage anymore about you know, following the government agency as they try to resolve the situation within the country or within the world. We don't know, like an Independence Day type movie. That's what I am inferring from this movie. And I think the reason that they came out with this, maybe to fit the timeline as to when the monster actually attacked, you know, to when this event happened, 10 Cloverfield Lane, or maybe it was unintentional. And maybe this movie is nothing more than just to reinvigorate the public's interests and to, you know, because we had a lot of monster movies released in between 2007 or 2008 right. into now, like Godzilla, Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. kind of. But this reinvigorates the Cloverfield franchise, the public's interest in it. So now, in a couple of years, year and a half, two years, we're going to get a bombshell dropped on us at Cloverfield 2. A proper Cloverfield 2 is coming out.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. And it's perfect. So, final thoughts on the movie? Recommend? Absolutely,
1: You have to so go here's, see it. here's I what I know say. talked about it. I spoilers. recommend
0: it in the theater. Yeah. Spoilers are over now. So yeah. if you're joining us back, because it's been about 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, no spoilers from here on again. But so I recommend seeing this movie. Doesn't necessarily have to be seen in the IMAX theater.
1: And you don't even have to see Cloverfield 1, too, before you go see it. Correct. But it helps.
0: Yeah. So go see the movie. Enjoy it. And... So, Tell us what you think.
1: And we're ignoring a, a hilarious part about this: that the budget for this movie is only fifteen million. Fifteen million.
0: And it made at least a million last they night. They did.
1: They they said that it did one point eight yesterday mm-hmm. on Thursday preview, which is really good according to like other movies that JJ's done, like Super Eight. Yeah. it Did one point five. So this did more than that. I think it's well. Gonna, JJ
0: was the executive producer for this movie. He right. didn't direct it.
1: Well, him and his bad robot films, like they, you know. I, I got to say this Dan Trachtenberg, this was his directorial debut or whatever you want to – Did a good job. Really good.
0: But I mean a lot of this movie has to come from the performances that we got from the actors and Absolutely. the actresses. Uh, so great movie. Great yeah. film. Yeah,
1: and I'm looking just for opening weekend. If it did 1.8 on Thursday preview, it's going to hit between 30 and $35 It's going to make double weekend. its budget. It's going to make double its budget in At opening least. weekend. Yeah. Not many movies can say that even if it's on a low scale.
0: Star Wars probably came close. If it's Star, Wars. but I mean, it was Star Wars. Be- that had a huge opening weekend. I'm not sure.
1: But for a relatively original franchise,
0: mm-hmm. for a second entry in a, in a film series, which isn't even really a it's sequel. Not even
1: an, yeah, it's not even an entry. It's it's just it's it's perfect. Yeah. I can't wait for the next for all the. Uh, all the chatter and all the, what does this mean? What does right. this mean? It's just going to be exciting.
0: It, it's a great movie to to watch again. Like, I don't think I'll go see it in the theater again, although I might. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't have time to go see movies in the theater as much as I would like to. I'll probably be getting it on home video and watching it again for yeah. sure. But those are our thoughts on 10 Cloverfield Lane. Recommends for both myself and Alex. And I think right now it is sitting at like a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, wow. which is which is pretty good. Very good. So, Alex, what have you been entertained by? We know what I'll be talking about in a minute or two.
1: Yeah, the division. Mm-hmm. The division. Um. So, like I said, I, I jokingly said
0: Zootopia, but I actually
1: did go to see it in theaters. How was it? It was actually really good. Is
0: it? So, can you relate it to another movie that's been released that is similar? Um. I don't know. I don't see very many
1: animated movies. Uh, did you see Inside Out? I haven't yet. That's on my list to see. Okay, so that would be the closest, not in terms of plot or anything, it can be the closest thing that I can, in terms of an original story. I didn't know if it would be
0: like Madagascar or something like
1: that. I mean, kind of, I guess. So here's the thing. It's just the the premise of the movie is that animals have somehow learned how to get out of their primitive animal ways and, and actually live like humans, right? And they create this... World called Zootopia. It's a completely animated movie, perfect for kids, perfect for you know your wife, your girlfriend, anything that likes that. You don't have to hide your kids, hide your wife, right? No, nothing like that. they everybody up. But it's a very adult film. It gives a lot of adult jokes that adults can appreciate as well. And I thought the story, the writing, I mean, the voice acting was really, really good. And I think you'd enjoy it. I think you take your, you know, your wife or any any of your kids to it. I think anybody would enjoy it. It's it, it's a little something for everyone. Could I take my dogs? Actually, yes. There's a part in there where a bunch of dogs start howling, and I can just <laughs> imagine how nuts my dog would go when he hears that. So, there's <laughs> something for everyone, literally. I'm telling nice. you. Nice. But I've heard it got really good reviews as well. It's like in the '90s
0: as well on Rotten Tomatoes. So. That's good. Um I'd recommend it. That's one I'll I'll check out when it comes out on home video. For if you sure. Or something to something too. For sure. That's pretty
1: much it though. Um Yeah, no, that's pretty much it. I'll save it for another time. Okay. I have not made up my mind enough to talk about something else. So, I'll wait.
0: Teaser. Yeah.
1: Te- <laughs> <laughs> the most un unentertaining teaser ever.
0: So, I do want to say that you know that we talked about what was that television show? Not on Hulu. Eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, about the JFK assassination. Again, I sense that we've talked about it. Right. Which we recorded that episode a couple weeks ago. Right. I haven't been able to catch up or watch it again because mm. I watched House of Cards. I, I watched season four of that. Gotta prioritize. Because it was there. No. Yeah. It was there. It was. I watched it, and yeah. I went from episode to episode to episode over you know about three or four days. Yeah. And I could enjoy it. And I enjoy watching it in that setting because I don't forget the characters. I don't forget about the TV show, honestly. Because yep. I was looking at Hulu and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that already. Because I want to – I'm curious about how the story continues on. But mm-hmm. seriously, you got to give it to us. And like I said, I think the perfect thing is, as I understand that you want to do it to entice people to keep subscribing to the service – but if we pay the 50% extra for the the premium service anyway mm-hmm. make it available to the premium service members i, I don't agree. care i agree that's the best way to watch that show
1: yeah and uh, that's just the, these companies you have to understand that this is the way that the world is now this is the format that viewers want to see watch movies and you want people to flock and watch your movies i know there's not really a, a financial way to measure how you know how much uh, you, you know you're making off of net Oh, there Netflix. is. I'm I, I'm sure there's something. I don't know if you can convert that into any dollars other than what you've licensed.
0: It's market your... share, right? It's yeah. It's looking at the user data. Say you know that this show caused the person to use your service for X amount of hours, and then there's there's got to be a way to assign a dollar amount to that hour. Yeah. And then understanding that okay, there could be more people in this household, then that's a double, and go from there. So if it's a, if it's on a TV, they probably assign it to a bigger share because it's using the television than if you're using your tablet or something like that,
1: yeah. And if, if there's if there's a way that you know, what, whoever is producing these movies or TV shows, whatever is being watched, to get a fair dollar amount for that number that mm-hmm. they're going to calculate, I think more TV shows and more movies would go to this streaming route, and mm-hmm. that's what we want, and that's what we need, right? Because I don't know if you noticed, Netflix even had an update recently, at least on. You know my devices. Where if you're watching an episode, you finish the episode, and then you start or you let it time down to start right. the next episode, it'll skip over the previously. They've mm-hmm. marked it in the episode yeah. to skip over. it. You just go right in.
0: It, they've they've designed it properly to yep. do that because I watching a TV show week to week, you kind of need that. Yes. But watching a TV show that you just literally finish the first episode, yep. you don't need it, and no, so and you don't will. want it. Yeah. You don't want it. It's re- just redundancy. It's, it's a waste of a minute and a half or whatever it is mm-hmm. because you don't need it. And
1: sometimes when it shows previews like that,
0: it'll it'll show it'll a preview that'll hint at yes. what's
1: coming in the episode. And I don't even want to know the that. The Flash
0: does that. I hate that.
1: And or they bring a character back yeah. from a really long time or they show you a scene from five episodes ago. Right. And you know it's going to be something important. But I don't need that if I'm binge watching. Yep. And Netflix is intuitive enough to do that. And it's just the format that these shows need to be in. Mm-hmm. I mean – Ask Kevin Spacey. Let's ask him how much money he's making on House of Cards or how much interest House of Cards has generated. This is a Netflix original movie, and he's a big TV show, and he's a big actor. And I bet you those numbers are comparable to any of those other major TV shows on cable
0: network. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people now probably associate Frank Underwood with his, like, that's his role, Mm -hmm. right? People think of Frank Underwood now as a fictional political figure. Well, and more so,
1: when people think of Kevin Spacey, they think of the role that he played right. in House of Cards. Right. And, and that's a masterful role, too. Have you watched any of House of Cards? I watched a little bit of the first season, but I got distracted and just at a busy time. I have to give it a fair chance again, just like The Division. So I'm planning on going back to it at some point for sure because I, I keep hearing nonstop good things about it.
0: So out of the four seasons that are available... This season, this last season, is probably my second favorite. The first has wow. got to be my favorite. Okay. Um, First, fourth, second, third. But they're all good, right? They're all good. They're all... They, they all have their purpose. Yeah. And they all make sense, and they work really well with each other. Sure. And they have good arcs that kind of have these little storylines that you pick up and drop, and it, it's good. Sure. But this last season was really good.
1: Now, does it seem like it's going on for too long? Are they leading to a point where they're going to wrap up the series?
0: I think that the next season is probably going to be the last. Okay, that's great. Because they've they've kind of timed things. You know, he's. I'm not going to give away anything for House of Cards, but they've they've aged the characters, mm-hmm. and I think they're getting to a point where probably next season is going to be the finale. Good. I always like shows that. It's okay to do a show for you know
1: five, six seasons, four, five, six seasons, and have a complete story told than to drag on like you know like let's say how I met your mother for eight or nine seasons, and it fizzles out.
0: I don't like it when a show has no definitive end or roadmap how to get there, at least. Mm-hmm. And they just do all these other things because, oh, we uh, we need 22 episodes this year, yep. and we might be renewed for next year or not. No walking Dead. <laughs> so they have these things where it's kind of like they could end it if they yep. want to. Yep. But if they're renewed, then they go ahead. British TV shows don't do that. No, they don't. They have a definitive end yep. in mind. Uh, Sherlock is a perfect example. Downton Abbey just ended. And that, you know... They, Five seasons, I think it is, of Downton Abbey, that is long for a British show. Mm-hmm. Usually it's one, maybe two, possibly three. Like, Sherlock is another exception because I think they're on their third. And Sherlock is a
1: is a recognizable franchise, you know right. what I mean? Just, but I like stories, like you said, that they have the roadmap to get there. They have a main plot point, which is what the story revolves around, that even if you're not focused on that every episode 100%, it's still moving that direction. It's not just a bunch of filler episodes like Walking Dead. Right. And I I can't stand that cable networks just want to exploit money by, instead of ordering, you know, going to How I Met Your Mother or somebody and say, hey, you know, ratings have been good for you guys. Give us 22 more episodes next season. I would prefer that they say, do you have a story for next season? If so, what's
0: that story? What's it, you know, where are you leading to? That's where Netflix comes in. Netflix is honestly the storytellers. Yep.
1: Absolutely. Why do you think House of Cards is doing so
0: well? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's why, you know, it's great to see Marvel on there with their their shows. Daredevil's coming out again this year. Because it releases,
1: it's a whole story broken up into however many episodes they need to tell that story.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's really, honestly, in a lot of ways, better, a better method of storytelling than even a movie. It's so
1: much better than a movie. It's so much more in-depth.
0: For character development purposes, yes. Absolutely. Like the House of Cards, the, the character Frank Underwood... You want to watch it because of that character, because you want to see how he develops, Mm -hmm. how it goes on. You know, AMC did a really good job with um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, for sure. In telling the story, too. But I think the the showrunners there had a definitive map and ending. Mm -hmm. And I think AMC would have let them go on longer, but I think the showrunners knew this is when we have to end this.
1: And just as you have a relationship with anybody else... It, it, where you're watching a show you're developing a relationship and invested interest in that character yeah. it's harder to have some kind of a you know investment when you can only watch that character once a week or you have to wait a little bit and then continue that relationship when you can watch it back to back to back and it's hard to tell be as emotionally invested in a character in an hour and a half movie when you've put in tens of hours into watching this character mm-hmm. those those big plot twists or you know someone dying or something like that really hits home with you Mm -hmm. and that's impactful and that's something that you remember and that's why when you ask people you know what do you like to watch instead of it being what's your favorite movie like it used to be you know 10 years ago 10 15 years ago what tv shows you into now
0: Mm -hmm. i mean because 10 15 years ago tv was considered like the outcast right it Mm -hmm. was uh, you're on tv
1: sitcoms here and there that made you laugh late at night and
0: that's it Exactly. That's all it was. But now, I mean, HBO's been doing it for a while where you have this. They're, they were the original TV storytellers. Yep. Most likely, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I would
0: assume so. It's like
1: the premium. Yeah. No commercials, no filter.
0: So. They were able to tell their stories, then Netflix kind of came along, and then Amazon's doing their thing, and then Hulu is doing their thing now. All these places are trying to get in on the, on that because they understand that that's where the stories are. Mm-hmm. That's where people will go to watch them if it's a good story.
1: And I originally subscribed to Netflix to watch a premium channel show That way back in the day. And I couldn't watch it on my TV or anything like that. I had to watch it straight off my laptop. There you go. And it was mostly just to get the DVDs in the mail. Mm-hmm. But the streaming service came on top, and I was particular int- interested in this one show that a couple people at work had been talking about. And they were like, yeah, you should try out the show. It's pretty good. It was Dexter.
0: Hmm.
1: and Dexter's it, Lab, right? No, no. The real Dexter. <laughs> and it was a Showtime show. But I, it was cheaper for me to get the streaming service added on with the one DVD at a time thing that Netflix had than to buy Showtime every month and... I just never stopped paying for Netflix at that point. Mm-hmm. That was like six or seven years ago, I think.
0: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just perfect. Yeah. So, uh, as I alluded to, watch the fourth season of House Card. Recommend it. It is good. Mm-hmm. But most of my time. Here we go. Well, in this last week, I, I did travel, do a little bit of traveling, and there was an entertaining thing I'll tie in there. There is a a brewery that we went to called 8-Bit Ale Works down in Arizona. Okay. If you're in Arizona area, look them up. Try the White Mage from them. It's really good. This guy, I'm, I am actually was talking to him and might get him on this podcast or maybe the Place in Video Games podcast. And he makes good beer, cool location. His handles are in NES controllers. He has 8-Bit nice. artwork all all on the walls. From a guy who's literally painting them in 8-bit increments. (laughs) He was there that night that we were there, so we talked to him, too. Really cool place. So if you're in Arizona, near Phoenix, 8-bit Aleworks. Check them out. They are on Twitter. Uh, I will put their tweet. I'll I'll include them in a tweet on this show, and you can follow them as well. So, continuing on with the most important thing, well, second most, you know, the... (laughs) 10 Cloverfield Lane, most important topic of this week. Our final topic. The most divisive topic oh, in the room.
1: Oh, another dad joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been playing a lot of The Division. The Division came out on Tuesday and as you may know, I've discussed this before and also in play some video games, that I'm not buying any games this year. And some of my close friends know that but one of my close friends on Xbox was like, hey, no, you're playing this with me. And so he get, he got me a code to play. This is how you get him.
1: sucked back in.
0: That's how it starts. And I said, okay, I mean, I, I'm not going to refuse a gift because that's just stupid. I mean, it's ref- rude. And yeah. It's free. I mean, <laughs> refusing a gift is honestly, so here's part of my belief is that if you give something to someone that's giving you joy to give someone, someone something, right? It gives you a source of joy. If you decline that as a recipient for whatever reason, you're denying that person that source of joy. This is just my my theory in life. Okay, so, no seriously. I no, I believe you. It's
1: because okay to accept the gift though and still not play the new video game until the end of the year. Oh, the intent was <laughs> to play with
0: me, right? The intent I was see. to play with me.
1: So because you're not playing with him, you're depriving him of the joy of the gift that he gave. Correct. Kind of gave himself though in a way. No, in the form of entertainment.
0: Maybe, okay. but <laughs> so. But seriously, one of my life things aside is that I I I I usually give more than I want to get from people. Sure. Because I find more joy. In, literally, I and this is an old saying, right? More joy in giving than receiving. Absolutely. Yeah, you do find a lot of joy in, in receiving stuff, but as I get older, especially, and as I have the ability to give. Mm-hmm. I find a ton more joy in doing that. So the joy that I experience. Give. Give, <laughs> give yeah. Give. i listen, like vain for a second. No. <laughs> the joy oh, no, is yours. <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> so uh, just in life, ladies and gentlemen, I, I feel that if someone offers you uh, a gift, don't decline it. Even if you, you know, whatever it is, how big or how small. Make sure that you appreciate the intent behind whatever is given. That's just a life lesson. That
1: And call your important. parents.
0: And call your parents. <laughs> to let me love them. Don't thank you for everything. Literally everything. So anyway. Good. Sorry. Uh, again, I want to thank him. I'm not going to say who it is because he hasn't said tell people <laughs> who I gave it. But anyway, so that's why I have the, the division. And it came out Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I have been playing it every night since Tuesday. At least probably an average of three hours per night. Wow. I looked on my Xbox Achievement thing where it tracks how much how many hours you played, and it has 10 hours listed so far. And it came out Tuesday. And I don't game a lot during the week. My average game time during the week is maybe two, three, possibly four hours on a, on a lot of gaming. On a
1: per night or and the total week? Total week. Wow, okay. I mean,
0: the weekend is where it's not... That, that's where I usually game is like on a Friday night or a Saturday night. That's where I do most of my sure. gaming. But for the week, that's a lot of time for me to spend. Yeah. Now... I was trying to describe The Division. It is honestly a little hard to describe, but to people who are familiar with Destiny, it's probably the most most apt comparison. Is uh-huh. It's Destiny meets Splinter Cell, maybe? Or Gears of War? Uh-huh. Where it's a Tom Clancy game, so it has a decent narrative, a decent story.
1: And it's military-based. It is,
0: it is military-influenced. I wouldn't say military-based. Okay. And you can play this game solo. You can play it by yourself if you want to. But... The most fun is found when you're playing with people. And I, I agree with that 100%.
1: And that's three other people, right? So three other So you make up a group of
0: four. So this, this game is being more inclusive to friends than some games that limit you to three. <clears throat> some of us only have two additional friends. <laughs> so it's great. The experiences I've had in this game so far are among the most interesting I've had in a game in a long time. There's... Destiny kinda almost got this edge scratch, but this is because it's it's not a plausible story, but it's grounded. It's it's set in New York City, right in Manhattan. And they recreated Manhattan for this game. There are cool. there are cool things that happen in the environment.
1: So do New York gamers have a
0: competitive advantage because they know maybe what street. I was listening to a podcast, literally. <laughs> Uh, about they were playing the division and they're from New York and he's like, "Well, oh, where's this thing at? I know where I am." I can, they can literally, they know their way around without looking at the map.
1: Cool. That
0: cool. is really cool. That's that they can do that. Yeah, the the weather system is dynamic. The lighting, you know, is all dynamic. Is it random? It's or is random. It
1: based on now it, real it's, weather. It's
0: random. Okay, so it can snow for for one time when you're going out, and it could be bright out. And it could be, you know, whatever it is. So. There's, for the first time last night, and I got to level 11 last night, which the level cap right now is 30. Okay. And last night I went to the Dark Zone for the first time. Oh, boy. Now, in the Dark Zone, that's where it's, the rest of the game is all PvE, pretty much. So player versus environment versus the AI. When you get into the Dark Zone, it's PvE vp. So there's other players in there. And you could even turn on your own team if you want to and kill them and take their stuff. So the, everything they're what they collect in the dark zone. Oh, okay. The loot that they pick up in the dark zone, but not everything which,
1: that they've collected. up right, to That point. Correct. Okay. That, that's a lot better. The way you made it sound earlier is that like <laughs> I could work my butt off for like, you know, three hours a night. Right. And everything gets stolen from me. So
0: no, not every, it's not permadeath or anything like that, okay, but good deal. it simulates the feeling in a very satisfying way. So let's say we go into the dark zone, Alex, we go and we find some stuff. We, we got like, we can carry up to seven items. I think it is. And then you have to extract them. So okay. you got to go and you got to call the helicopter in to extract. You're not the only one that knows the helicopter's coming. The environment starts to know and it starts heading your way. And Based on what? The, you have a call signal? Or there's just... 90 seconds. So you, you shoot a flare. Okay. And then it, within that 90 seconds while you're waiting for the helicopter to come, everybody else in the area knows that there's an extraction coming. So they can come, know the that animal. you have something, and they try to take it from you before you extract it. Or they can just, you know, piggyback off of your extraction, put their stuff on there, and get back out of there. But the NPCs come, and you got to fight them off to be able to extract too. Wow, it's really it exciting. Sounds difficult. It can be depending on where you're. How at. many
1: people do you usually find in a dark
0: zone? So again, last night was my first time, but the first time I extracted, there were like five other people that came out of the woodworks to extract.
1: Five other individuals.
0: Other individuals.
1: Now it, it would it seemed like it would make sense to only go into the dark. Zone with your division let's say with your at least one other corps. person
0: yeah because if you get downed in there so yeah. here's how it goes if you are downed and you die in in the zone you lose the loot that you picked up mm-hmm. the other person that killed you can take it from you
1: only that person or anybody do you anybody drop it?
0: anybody okay. so if you have a buddy in there obviously he'll help you survive and if you get downed he'll help to revive you you know and help protect you so the other guy doesn't come get your stuff yeah because you could have like really cool items because that's where a lot of the best loot is is in the dark zone. Sure. So then you take it, you go to extract, and after ninety seconds you see like all the stuff that you extracted in there if you got it successfully attached to the helicopter. And then you go back to your stash at the headquarters and you can pull it out. It has to be decontaminated. That's their what they call it.
1: Mm-hmm. Fun game. It sounds interesting, right? It and We've seen this before. Video games always do this in patterns, right? Halo was the inventor of the first-person shooter player versus player, right? Maybe Destiny again is reinventing. No,
0: Halo wasn't the inventor of that. Halo, Quake, or Doom.
1: Well, Halo was the one that launched it, right? Quake or
0: Doom was still the first ones.
1: Well, on console, console, yeah. Halo was
0: Doom, like or Quake had the Quake Arena. It was PC though, right? Yeah. So on console. Well, I mean, even on console, you had Goldeneye and stuff like that, too. But So, uh, the twin-stick I, shooter era. <laughs> I, 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 in my mind, the first-person shooter PvP's
1: on console really took off once Halo hit the scene. Can't say that. I, I, Goldeneye. I, Perfect I Dark. Because right after that, we started to get a bunch of spinoffs. We started right. to get, you know, MLG action. We started to get tournaments, things like that. I look at Destiny as the Halo of this type of game, this MMORPG open world for consoles there was a game that came out a few years ago a few years before destiny it was just for ps3. I forget the name of it. Uh, It was like rift or or, uh, Something like that. I forget the name of it. It tried to do it failed miserably Destiny I think was the first semi-successful now. I think we're gonna get to see a lot of different versions of Games like the division
0: yeah
1: because you know, Destiny certainly is not perfect. I'm sure Division's not perfect. I'm not saying any game is perfect, but we're going to get a lot of different. That's going to tailor to each type of gamer. Yeah, which is exciting because that's the type of game I wanted for years. Oh yeah,
0: and I would love to talk more about the Division, and I will actually on the next episode of Play Some Video I'm Games. I'm sure
1: we'll hear about it for a while.
0: Um, Maybe
1: I'll be, I'll play next time. Maybe yeah, I'll have some insight.
0: Get some insight. Give your thought because I mean I think that this would be the perfect game for you. I think that you would really enjoy it based on what I know about. You. You and Destiny, right.
1: As long as I can shoot and kill other people, real people, not NPCs. There you go. You
0: get both. As sadistic as that sounds. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, um, I will be discussing this more on the next episode of Play Some Video Games, the podcast over there. So if you want to hear me talk video games and other video game related things with other guys, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Head over to the Play Some Video Games website. I have some articles up there, and there's a podcast as well that we'll be recording this evening, and it'll be posting this weekend. So, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and our discussion of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, I recommend it. Go see Absolutely. it. You can reach the podcast at Pod on Twitter. You can send us an email at that's entertaining at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you thought of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, Maybe we can do a reactions thing where people share their thoughts and their crazy, kooky theories. So, you can find me on Twitter, at SithNightmare. I am on Xbox Live, at SpiderJedi.
1: I am also on Xbox Live and Twitter, uh, at D-O-U-E-1-H-1.
0: That'll do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Next week... We're going to move on to something else and talk about something that I don't remember what it is at this point. So I think we start... Uh, is it x No,
1: and it's uh, Man of Steel, right? Because then the following week we have uh, Batman versus Superman coming out.
0: Okay, so maybe it is Man of Steel next week. I believe it is. So we, we have a lot of superhero stuff coming up this year. we got uh, Batman versus Superman.
1: As in every other year, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> and then we've got X-Men. We're going to do a big X-Men series leading up to uh, the new X-Men movie. And then mm-hmm. uh, Captain America is going to be in there, which they have released a new trailer for that. Looks mm-hmm. good.
1: Yep, very good.
0: So big, big year for superhero movies again, and for us, we'll be discussing a lot of those. And so we will talk to you again next week with Man of Steel, I guess, unless it's wrong. <laughs> you blame the Alex. One that sets these? Blame Alex. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think I think, it, I think you're right, but it could be. I don't know.
1: I'm pretty sure. I, I just looked at the schedule at my desk not that long ago. I'm pretty sure it was Man of Steel after Ten Cloverfield
0: Lane. Well, if it's not Man of Steel next week, blame blame
1: Alex. me. Whatever.
0: At doue1h1 okay. on Twitter. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We hope that you enjoyed 10 Cloverfield Lane. I hope it makes up for Pacific Rim. We're still going to try to get that one. So, thank you for listening. We hope that you have been entertained.